Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? What's up there, buddy? What up? <laughs> this, is, this is the Mr. Mom episode. The Mr. Mom episode? Yep, 240, 260, whatever. Yeah, I got I got Seeger in my hands right now. Oh, really? Little Seeger. Little one. He's got, Those... a, he's got a little bundle of joy. With his knickers. With his knickers. With his knickers. With his, with his, with his wearing his nappy. That's, that's probably the, the, the best, the funnest like word to say, in my opinion, knickers, 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 cool. knickers. I like that. I like the British word for diaper. It's a nappy, a nappy. You've got a, a nappy. Na- you've got a nappy on your head. You took it. You took a shit in the nappy. You, you took a poo. You took a poo in your nappy. Uh, yeah. So anyhow. Uh, Everybody out there in internet radio land, welcome to the program. Same as it ever was. Uh, Same as it ever was. Glad, glad you're checking it out, tuning in, seeing all, what's going on uh, in the world of, of uh, JB and Jimbo. Uh, That's right. So we're a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> For folks who aren't, we're, we're we're doing the we're doing our program on Tuesday, Vice Monday. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I had to take the. Uh, I, had, I had to take the little pup, or to take him to the doctor. Yeah, so that was yesterday. That was my big fun, was uh, getting out of work and having to take little Mister Mister Mortimer, Mister Mo, or uh, or as I've been referring to him lately as Blamba. 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 I I don't I come up with a million names for this dog and his, his and his sister Blumbo. <laughs> Put on. I, well, do they respond to that? I, I yes, they respond to all the names. You know, Mister Lowly. That's another nickname I've got for him, Mister Low. <laughs> uh, Just and for those of you that don't know Jimbo, he does have children, mm. and he has dog children. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah. Though, though I call my daughter Gabberton. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, I came up with a million nicknames. Uh, Kenzie Wenzie Puddin' Pie, you know, that was, that, <laughs> was, that was her nickname when she was little. Um, Ian was Mr. Destructo, yeah, because he was a destructive little kid. Um, but yeah, what a great metal name, I know, Mr. Destructo. We, oh, oh, there's another, there's another thing. Uh, so we've decided, uh, the band has a, the, the band has a new working name, and since we're not playing out anywhere. Uh, really, I guess we could just call ourselves whatever we wanted. It really wouldn't matter. Um, but it seems that we've, it seems that we've settled on, uh, Photon. 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 Yeah. And, uh. It sounds, it sounds like a, a German, uh, like progressive band. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, my buddy Justin came up with it. He's like, uh. He's a computer programmer, but has like degrees in physics and all this stuff. So he's really into that sort of thing. And, uh, 
at first I was sort of like, eh, I don't know. Actually, you know, my idea, my initial idea for a name was Thetan. As in, as in operating Thetan level. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> wait a second. Yeah, better not do like a cover of like, I only want to be with you by Hootie and the Blowfish if you're a band called Photon. Photon. I told, I told them, I said, okay, well, if we're going to call, if we're going to call the band Photon, then maybe we could have like, because we actually, with the decision that we made uh, was that because we can't play out anywhere, that wow. we have all these songs written. So I guess our, we've made the decision that we want to try to, we want to try to lay down uh, recorded versions of the tunes. Okay. Yeah. So multi-track everything and, you know, do that whole song and dance. Um, I think that it's, it, it's for us, it's sort of, uh, will sort of solidify this first group of songs. And once those are all down on tape per se, uh, then tape, I know, isn't that kind of crazy? I know it's so antiquated. Um, I'm so seasoned and wise. Uh, but anyway, the whole point being that if we, uh, if we get those, locked on they're recorded whatever then we can move on to some other stuff so we're endeavoring into that process which we've done on and off in various ways and in various lineups and everything for like 30 years now so uh now we're really endeavoring deep into are you familiar with the program uh ableton yep yeah so that's i've 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 been with ableton since ableton 2 okay yeah, yeah. I don't, no, I don't. I don't know what they're. I think it's, is it Ableton Ten now or something? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a DAW. Yeah. So, uh, and I, dude, I have nothing to do with that end of it all. The guys in the band are all deep into the tech and all that stuff. Um, pretty cool. I mean, the demos that we generated early on, especially Justin, the the primary songwriter, that's his primary uh, mode of putting together these, uh, these demos, they come, they actually sound pretty good for demos. Um, and it's just him sort of putting the stuff together and coming up with drum parts or bass parts or whatever, just ideas. Uh, so anyway, we're, we're using that as our program of choice, you know, I guess. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done that whole thing. It's, I'll tell you what has been, uh, what is a challenge has been for me playing with a click track mm. uh because we've just been playing putting the songs together whatever and i i know that time and tempo are shifting through a lot of the material and obviously once you once you have that click track going in your ear I, you know that the tempo and things have been shifting but now you're being held to that and it's it's actually really helpful. I think it it really, at least as a drummer, and I think it's not just for drummers, but for anybody. I mean, it's that that whole running, that whole sort of running thing about practicing. Like if you're not practicing with a metronome, then you're not really practicing. Uh, well, and and I liken it to you know even when you put your car in cruise control, it doesn't mean that the gas is staying the same throughout. You know, it's. It's if you're going uphill, if you're going downhill, the cruising curl's gonna right. gonna uh, make the adjustment. So you're going the same thing. So that's what you have to do. You have to learn how to be in cruise control and stay the same speed. Right. 
yeah. throughout the song, regardless of the bumps in the road, sure. bass players, guitar players. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, I mean? and I know that initially when we tried this last week, we had it was our first time because I think the first step is putting together um, finalized demos with all of us playing our various parts. And I know Justin plans on taking that material and figuring out what he wants to do for harmony vocals and that kind of thing. And then bringing that back and then actually laying down tracks for finalized versions of this stuff. Uh, well, so- and, and I will say just to go back to the metronome thing, if you guys played consistently for like six months, you could get rid of the metronome. Sure. Because yeah. then everyone would be synced together. You know, the, you know each uh, other's uh, tendencies. No, that's true. And, th- and I will tell you that that is the beauty for me, Jeremy. That is the beauty for me of playing with these guys. Because I've known these guys for decades. I've played with them in various, you know, like I say, various lineups just for like 30 years, almost like 30 years now. Um and that's awesome because it, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of things. I don't, there's, it's that. And it's the fact that we can speak to each other uh, in, in total, just honesty. There's no, there's no, there's no fear of, well, I don't know this person very well. So I don't know how they're going to react to any sort of constructive criticism. If they're going to think that they're being attacked or they're going to take things personally or whatever, we're free to just say what we got to say because we've known each other for so long. And I, and like you say, the, the other benefit being that I know what their tendencies are as players. So I think that for me, the difficulty is, is that I'm not in a position where I can practice every day. Yeah. I I'm in a position right now where I, are you feeding that baby? No, I'm just holding him. He's being good, though. Oh, I know. I just, I, 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 the sound in the background totally sounded like somebody like on a bottle. <laughs> oh, no. He hears me talking. He wants yeah, yeah. to talk. Yep, there you go. So, yeah, like I say, if I was in a position, if for me as a player, if I was in a position where I could be practicing every day, that would be a completely different story. Because I would be, I'd have the time every day to be refining my skill set, but I just don't. The only time that I have to get behind the drum kit and play is when we're rehearsing. Yeah. And that, that, that can be very frustrating uh, because I know, like you say, if I had, if I had some time every day, even if it was just an hour to get behind the drum kit and just play through some stuff, it really would help to solidify a lot of those fundamental, you know, fundamental points for me as a player. Uh, but I mean, we have, we have, I mean, we, we are, we're rehearsing two nights a week. Uh, I know that that could be a drag for Jennifer and whatever, because I'm out of the house two nights a week going and doing my thing. Uh, but she's obviously very, she, she understands how important it is for me as a musician to be able to do this. Because if I couldn't, I'd be going crazy. I'd be, I'd be climbing the walls if I couldn't be getting out there. And I, I mean, you know, as well as I do, there's a cathartic thing to it. And it's also, it provides for me an outlet for creativity and I need to have that. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's been, it's been fun. And I, I was saying to the guys, I said, if you want to call the band photon, then I said, how about a working title for, for, for an album, whatever the working, you know, whatever this thing is going to be, the working title could be Pro- profits of photon. <laughs> think the of profits. photon, think profits of photon. Think of, think of photon, not as, it, it can be, there's a lot of ambiguity there. 
like if you're, well, if when, you're... when I was growing up, Photon was a place you went and played laser tag. Mm. And that's what I'm saying is that I know that Justin said in this conversation, he says, you know, when I think of with his background in physics and everything, he says, you know, the, the word photon for me speaks of or brings to mind the idea of beams of light. I said, you know, that's awesome, but not everybody's going to think that. I mean, a lot of people don't really even know what a photon is. So for us, it's about we are photon. Beams of light. You know, that we that the, the name is about the, the name isn't necessarily about whatever you know, it can be whatever you want it to be thousand points if, of light if you like the if you like this if you like what we're playing and you could sort of generate we have the opportunity to sort of generate a thing behind that uh almost like when you hear something and you go oh man that's really that's that's really that's really like tool that's really photon it's, it's exactly my point like dude that's so photon you never know. <laughs> you never know. I mean, so. by that case, you could be called the Gigawatts. We could. <laughs> we could. <laughs> uh, so, a are you um, are you getting into like fantasy? Do you have you ever done fantasy football? I have done it before. Yes. Yeah, but yes, because I've been on the fence. I I usually do about two or three a year, different yeah. leagues, and. This year, it you know I usually do one for money, yeah. Uh, one where the buy-in is a very you know high-priced sure. bottle of beer, yep. And then one is just you know bragging rights one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this year I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, you know. And and I have Direct TV, so I always get the the, the ticket because yep. of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and I finally pulled the trigger and like, okay, I'll do one. You know, and the the threat of not having football still looms, you know, in the yeah. distance. But if if high school football, because high school football is showing on ESPN from like Alabama and Texas and Florida, yeah, um, then I think NFL can do it. But but yeah, why I brought that is because it's always there's always a one upsmanship on the naming of the teams. Oh yeah, sure. You know, you got it. You got to have that, like, you know, mine have always been, like, um, uh, semi-race. You know, someone's always, like, show me your TDs. Oh, yeah. You know, someone's always that one. Yeah. I've been I've been 1.21 J.J. Watts. 1.21 J.J. Watts. Okay. Um, I've been unsolicited Dak picks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I, I honestly can't remember the only the only the only uh fantasy Dak, football Dak Street Boys. Yeah, the only the only the only <laughs> fantasy football name that I can remember that I ever had uh was the Labanauts. <laughs> the Labanauts. Yeah. But it was like think like a dreadnought. So it was it was like uh I think it was spelled L A B I N A U G H T S, but it was like <laughs> it was like labia and dreadnought put together <laughs> in a word. Wow, <laughs> the labnots, the labnots, 
Or I don't know. It could be like the like Labian astronauts or something. I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> I don't know. But I, that was the only one that I can remember. I, I'll tell you that, and you and I have known each other for for a while. When it comes to fantasy football, man, there are some people uh, who, and I know that you get really, really into it. Uh, my buddy Travis out in California, he gets way, way into it. Uh, for me, I've always been sort of, I've always been sort of laid back about it. I, I, I don't get crazy with doing all this research and trying to find out, you know, and uh, that probably has to do, you know, that probably is why I don't, I've never won any championship or whatever in fantasy football. Uh, but it was just, I have always felt like I just can't dedicate the time. I can't dedicate the time to some people do and they get really, really deep. And I have always felt like, I don't know. I've got something better to do than to be reading up on all this stuff that has to do with, I mean, and I've also never done, I've never done like you're talking about like a, a high roller league. I've never done something like that. Well, okay. So a couple of things. Well, you know, you've been spoiled, right? And so in that spoilage, um, then... I've, been, I've been spoiled. Yeah. So like what, like you're, you can just watch, the Patriots and be okay. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Season to season, you can be, but like for me, being, you know, a Cowboys fan uh, and watching the Cowboys uh, shoot themselves in the foot, uh, well, watching the previous head coach shoot the Cowboy, all the Cowboys in the feet. Um, yes. You know, then well, dude, uh, fantasy dude, football is an outlet I, I, where at least I, I, I can cheer right. for my guys. Sure, my of course. Team on my fantasy things could be team. things could things could be worse, JB. Things could be worse. <laughs> you could be you could be rooting for a team that is now formally known as the team formerly known as blank. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, but but now things, I, things in your they... division things in your division could be a lot worse. Like your team doesn't have a name. Yeah, we're <laughs> go team. Yeah, go team. And, and capital the, T. And, and Wentz got hurt, so the Eagles are fucked. <laughs> is there? I mean, is that anything new? Uh, yeah, right. I still, I still think that I still think that the whole situation with him was a bust. I the the fact that they held. I mean, I get it. You know, the guy gets them to, you know, all the way up to, you know, a few years ago, all the way up to play a, you know, a Super Bowl, whatever. I get it that they beat the Patriots. Well, guess what? He didn't. Nick Foles did. Mm-hmm. St. Nick. And who did they kick to the curb? St. Nick. St. Nick. Like, to me, that was obnoxious. It was a ridiculous thing to do. I mean, I just can't even, as, as an, I don't understand how, and I, I get that it's money or something, but it's just, to me, on some level, that it's like, hey, thanks a lot. You won us a Super Bowl. Now fuck off. That that just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, let and and that's not necessarily to say that that Nick Foles did great things. What he end up down in Jacksonville? Uh, isn't that where he, he ended up? He, I think he did, but he went somewhere else too because, um, who is the guy Minshew? Oh is, yeah, with the with the sweet with the, the nineteen the nineteen like Burt Reynolds style. Yes, I was gonna say Smokey and the Bandit, dude. Yeah, too bad yeah. he's an okay, he's an okay you know starter. Sure, but, 
It would have yeah. been so badass if he was just panned out to be really awesome. No, I know. I know. <laughs> like, it would have been. It would have been something out of Hollywood. Are you kidding me? That dude. Can you imagine that go? That guy going all the way and like winning a Super Bowl. Those photographs of that dude with that mustache. He would, I guarantee you, if he should have already, but he would totally remake that uh, Burt Reynolds where he's laying down naked, covered by like a. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> dude, he needs well, he to would, do that. He could, he could, he could retire, and he'd still be young enough that he could do like a remake of. Uh, I know they already. Did, well, no, they already did that remake of. Uh, what was the one with the? They're in prison. And they start a football team. Oh, the um, Mean Machine. Um, yeah, that's the name. Of, that's the name of their team, and that that's uh, that has been in my past. The name of my fantasy football team is Mean Machine. That wasn't the yeah, but what was the name of the movie? The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard. There you the go. The Prisoners versus the Guards. Yes, yes. So yes, uh, Nick Foles, uh, Jacksonville, and now he plays for the Chicago, the Chi Town. Bears, which he would probably like their their quarterback that they drafted two years ago is a bust, Strabisky. Yep, he's yeah. a bust. So yep, he he may be able to bring some life into the the frozen In, part into of the, the organ into the organization. The the monsters of the midway. Mm. Yeah, like I say, I mean, I'm I'm going to be completely honest with you. I really don't know where I stand with the NFL this year. I'm going to wait and you're see. You're a lost soul. You're Patriots. No, it has nothing to do with that. I am. I, and, and I know that we don't go here and I'm just going to touch on it, but with everything that has been going on with professional sports, I am disenchanted because I don't watch sports for politics. Yeah. I get enough of that in my day. I watch sports to me is supposed to be an escape. And the, you know, if I, if I turn on, I've, I've said to I've said to folks who've asked me I've I've said to them if I turn on an NFL game whoever is playing and I see a bunch of you know political stuff being stuck in my face I'm not going to watch that and 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 if if for nothing else than the fact that if for nothing else than the fact that you know I have I have dear friends that are in law enforcement and this whole thing that's going on right now it's I can't even imagine being a cop in today's America. It's a tragedy what's, you know, being thrust upon them. But anyway, we don't talk about that on the show. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a pickle. It is. I just, it's a pickle. I, I, that's why I've been watching, I've been watching uh, the NHL because they really sort of were like, okay, like a little bit here and then we're good. And then, of course, the freaking Bruins get eliminated yesterday. Oh man! Four games, four games to one against the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning. My Dallas Mavericks got eliminated. It's like basketball is dead to me now. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and, mean, and really, yeah. you know, I'm starting to get back into like watching football. Football. So you have to, you have oh, to say it like been, that. You've you've been getting into that for a while. I I really have a hard time. I, I have a really I have a hard time with soccer. I I really do, and I don't know I don't know why. I mean, I just. It's a lot of game, not a lot of scoring, not a lot of really understanding exactly what's going on. A lot of flopping, uh, guys rolling around, grabbing themselves, screaming, and then getting up and smiling and running to the bench. Well, first of all, hockey is slower. I'm sorry, soccer is slow hockey, right? So a lot of the same 
um, tactics and strategies are employed in soccer, you're just not on ice, right? No, I yes. So yes. so gameplay, offsides, goalie, all that stuff, a lot of similarities. But sure, for for most people, you know, it's not it's not a high scoring game. There's ties, um, and if you can really tell when you're when there's a team, two teams that aren't, you know, the highest caliber playing against each other, it drags right. on. Yeah. And the halves are so long. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah, that's another thing, too. That's another thing, too. I mean, and and it's kind of weird, man. Like, I know that there are... There are some sports, man, that... Like, there's sports... sports, ABC Wide World of Sports. I, you know, there are a lot of sports around the world that I just don't really understand. For God's sake, they're showing cornhole now. Well, there's that, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the the next step is lawn darts, um, bocce ball. Seriously, that's. Have you ever played bocce ball? Uh, yes, I have, and actually, and, and it's actually a lot of fun. It is fun, uh, and, um, and 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 televised. I'm not so sure that would be fun to watch. But... A bunch of old <laughs> Italian guys, like, yeah, no, we. I mean, we used to play it out in San Diego. It was it was fun in the backyard, uh, but it, it, there's. Like cricket. I don't really get that game. I'm not really sure exactly what to think of that game. The dudes are all out there like in sweaters. And and yet... And, it's and a gentleman's guys, game. I guess. I mean... Sweating but their these, ass off. But these guys are heralded as just like these ultra athletes or something. I'd really, I really... I don't understand all that, well, but... And, and, you know, you're, you're like soccer, right? And of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this into trading cards. Um, you know, they they haven't really had soccer trading cards for a long time because the Europeans like stickers. They like stickers. Yeah, instead of cards. Yeah, but but now they're starting to catch on. Now think about this. This is this is a worldwide sport. It's the most popular oh, sport it's a gl- in the it's a world. Glo- it's a global sport, absolutely. Even, I mean, hence the World Cup. Yeah, uh, and it, you think about it, and I've you know I've been to Brazil, I've been to Chile, Portugal, like I've been to all these places, and you right. know how we have like basketball courts uh, in 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 our oh parks? yeah, so- they have yeah, little mini every- concrete yeah. soccer, and kids, you could just get a bunch of tape and make a ball, and they will play. Well, and I think that that is the that is the appeal of of soccer globally because it is a game that ultimately, at the end of the day, doesn't require anything more than a bowl. Yeah, it's like harmonica. I, it's like harmonica. It's the harmonica of sports. <laughs> it's the harmonica of sports. It can be played <laughs> anywhere. No, I mean honestly, think it's just like you just said. I mean, you could take get a bunch of tape and. Make Dude, a ball out of how much hacky sack did you do in the 80s and 90s? Virtually none. What? But I do remember. Oh, I was not. Uh, I was not into hacky sack. Oh, dude. dude. No, 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 no. I mean, I knew people that were way into that stuff. Way into that stuff. When I was uh, in Italy, we they were usually they were, the- and they were usually they were usually hanging around hanging around in a circle, of hacky sack, and waiting to you know waiting for somebody to pull up and offer them an eighth. Well, um, we would wait around like when we were waiting on the tarmac with nothing to do, 
you know, for a plane in Italy, in Europe, we'd start hack-a-sacking. Someone, oh, no. someone would have a hacky sack. Something. I don't remember. Do. I don't remember in any of the bands I was in in the military. I don't ever remember that being a thing. Well, because because you guys would always have to dress to the nines. No, 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 on no, 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 no. I'm talking. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like if we were, if we were, um, like in camis or something. If we were taking like a, if we were taking like a military flight, like a C-130 or something. Yeah, we're always I mean, in some, civvies. Oh, we'd always be in camis. I, I mean, know. you're in full, you know, whatever. Uh, but we would be, I mean, we, you, there were days where it was like we'd pull up to the freaking flight line and be standing there for, and I honestly have probably more of these memories than I could express of just being stuck on a flight line for like six hours waiting for a plane. <laughs> and we're just there with to all our To be on gear. a plane for eight. Uh <laughs> Just well, no. I mean, you want to know what's ridiculous is is to sit on a flight line for six hours to be on a plane that's going to take us for a four hour flight. Yeah, but it's just that's that's military error, man. I mean, oh well, you know, there's a problem with the you know, there's a problem with the plane. But we called it <laughs> we called it NALO. Never again lift off. But th- yes. that was literally what it was a NALO flight. Right. Yeah. Just oh well, you know, there's. Well, there's a problem with the plane. Okay, well, uh, the flight line here shuts down at midnight, so kind of got to get the plane here before then, because otherwise we're screwed. I mean, it's that. And anybody who's been, anybody who's been in this field and and had this, you know, this experience. And I, there's a lot of you out there listening to this show right now that know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember hacky sack really being like a thing. I remember card games were always a very big deal, uh, especially once you got up in the plane. Uh, pocket chest guys. we would i would ha- i had a little magnetized chest the pieces were magnetized a little board yeah there were guys who played that um and i was i've never been a big card playing guy the games for me were weird i mean i grew up in a family that we didn't really play a lot of board games and stuff uh and i married i married a girl here who grew up playing all sorts of board games and card games with her parents. Euchre. Let's play some Euchre. That was exactly what I was going to say. Like, that was a game I had never even heard of before I joined the military. And all of a sudden, we'd be up in the air in a C-130, and these guys would all saddle up to, you know, a cased instrument, like an anvil case, and all of a sudden, they'd be dealing out cards and playing Euchre. I was like, what the hell is that? And it's obviously, when you know, you know. I mean, this, the whole Midwest card game i don't even i don't know what any of it is i don't i've never played but i've watched people play the first time i learned how to play it and they say oh we're gonna play euchre i'm like bob euchre yeah bob <laughs> euchre arnold palmer yeah i yeah. don't understand what's going right. on here what, what, what is that though no, i think that's probably like that's probably like spades or rummy i think my wife has tried to show me how to play rummy probably about 25 times well and that's the thing where i would go like we would have card nights and then, you know, oh, let's just play, you know, Texas Hold'em. And right. then, then these people start bringing up these really obscure, like, card games to play or different styles of poker. And I'm like, yep. hey, listen, uh, no, I'm <laughs> out this, like, until you yeah. guys change the game back, like, yeah. now. You're that like, that I'm means not, I'm... you're going to take my money. 
Right, exactly. You're like, uh, so what you're saying is, is that if you're not from like the Ozarks, then you don't know how to play this game. I'm not playing the game. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You want to change the game? Do, do, do you see the word "sucker" written on my forehead or something? Because I'm yeah, not right. gonna. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, see, and I, and 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 you and I are obviously very different in this regard because I, I have a really hard time letting go of money on on the basis of chance. I I really have a hard time with gambling. I don't like it. I don't like. Well, I, I would in contend my, somewhere no in the Texas back of my... is more a little bit more than it's it's a game. It's not chance. No, I I know, but I'm just saying any sort of gambling in any way like that to me like games of chance or whatever you want to call it. I mean, call it poker. It's the same thing. The point is that you're putting money into something where in my in my brain I'm thinking to myself like, okay, if I have this money would I feel okay with the idea of taking this money and just like flushing it down the freaking toilet? Yeah. No. I wouldn't. Your... I mean, if I, if I, if I lose it, I'm going to be pissed. Cause I'm going to feel. That's when you ask yourself, what is your risk tolerance? Right. And mine is not very high. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't even like, Oh, I'll spend 10 bucks on this and I just won't get two Starbucks. Right. No. I don't. I, I don't think like that because you I, need two Starbucks, right? <laughs> I just well for me it's like I don't know. It, it's any number of things. I Dude, just, do you take Starbucks? Do you go to Starbucks and take no. it into work? No, because I, I want to know Starbucks. I want to know what your European would think about that. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I do. I actually did this. Uh, this is just like the beginning of last week. Uh, I did. I decided, I, can't, I think this was last week or the week before, and I got up one morning and I was like, I'm going to bring some freaking donuts to work. And so I drove over to Dunkin' Donuts and got a dozen donuts and a coffee, brought them into work. And what I, happened? Oh, like, I, I think that the guys at work were sort of shocked. Because <laughs> that sort of thing doesn't happen very often where I work. I mean, guys will bring in, like, stuff from their garden. I mean, guys will bring in... A harmonica? Uh, yeah, a harmonica, <laughs> right, from the garden. I well, find I, this. You keep I, it. I, you, I, you blow. I, you, right, right. You, you, what, what's special to you? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no. I, I, like, the guys will bring in uh, zucchini or squash or cucumbers. Or, like, they got a ton so- of them. All this so, healthy shit, and then you bring in, uh, you know... Hell yes! Sugar bombs. Yes. Well, I don't have a garden, man. I mean, maybe if I had a garden, I'd bring tomatoes in or something, but I'm living in this apartment, so, man. So Cut me some slack, did someone, did someone look at it and like, what the hell are we supposed to do with this? I don't know. No, no, no. No dude, one's honestly, ever brought it before. Like, dude, I, was, I walked in, I was like, hey, man, dozen donuts in there. Y'all want to go grab one? Feel free. And you know, the city, you know, these guys are going in every once in a while, grabbing a donut, coming out, and they're like, "Hey, man, thanks a lot for the donuts." I'm like, "But it's ten bucks." And you know what you do? Now? How many people? Like six. So what you do is what you do. You get at Dunkin' Donuts. You get the uh, breakfast wraps because I think it's like two for a dollar ninety nine. You know, they're like a dollar yeah. a piece. Right. You get the sausage and the bacon and the cheese one. Yep. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, to, to me, to me, it's one of those things. And I think you and I, obviously through our experience in the military, especially small things like that go a long way in, ter- in terms of trying, in terms of a group of people sort of coalescing. It's, it's purely doing something like bringing in some donuts and being like, Hey man, you know, grab some donuts. You know, people, you know, people see that and it's sort of like, Oh, cool. You know, it, it's a, it's a demonstration to me. It's a demonstration that I care about the people that I work with and that I appreciate them. And, you know, I mean, and, and that's, that's a big thing, man. I mean, I think well, that psychologically, when you bring people food, when you feed people, you're automatically putting yourself in a, uh, 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 no, I don't want to say position, but position of I'm I'm a provider of you. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I, no, no, I get that. I get it, that. I mean, I think that it's less. I think that it's less about that I'm providing for you as much as it is that I'm sharing this with you. Well, you know? and that's that's part of the thing with the 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 whole book. Eat, uh, leaders eat last. No, absolutely, yeah. dude. And I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big, big believer in that. Well, because it's that, a Marine Corps concept. Well, it is. I mean, I, I did that. I did that my entire time raising kids. I mean, any time that we were eating dinner at the dinner table, I was always the last one to start eating. Like the kids would get, I would sit there and I'd get my food, whatever. I'd just sit there and stare. I'd, I'm not eating until everybody at this table, when they start putting their fork in their food, then I'm like, okay, good to go. Now I can eat. I mean, as the provider, I, you know, that's, that was my thing. Like, you're all going to eat before me. And, and, and that's, and a lot of that is, it, it's uh, like you said, man, it's a, it's a leadership thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is, and, and you don't really see this, at least in my very, very limited experience being back in the civilian world, you don't really see this. Uh, but I think that it's important if you can, if you can utilize this thing, which is the the hail and farewell thing. Um, you know, being in the military, every time that you get somebody getting ready to leave, whether they're leaving the service or they're transferring to a new station or whatever it is, you know, you have a a, a going away thing. You say, hey we're going to get together and, you know, whether it's at the, you know, the, whether it's at the, the band hall or it's somewhere out in town or something, you say, Hey, we're going to be getting together. And this is an opportunity, you know, to, to wish this person well. And I think that most importantly, what it really is, is it's about, uh, I think that it's about for the, you know, for the, the people in charge, to express publicly their appreciation of this person and, the, and their efforts. And I mean, unless this person has broken the law and stolen shit or done some crazy thing like that. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, when people are leaving, they need to hear that, you know, they need to hear, you know, Hey, you know, this guy's so-and-so is leaving and I just wanted to publicly, you know, express my appreciation for your hard work. And because and it's, and it's partially for them. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you know what this is about. 
but it's it's partially for them, but it's also partially for the people who are still there. It's the people that they're leaving behind that they see this happen and they understand by seeing it that, hey, okay, this guy obviously appreciates our work, appreciates our efforts. The things that we do mean something. And it's a living wake. I don't know about a wake, but I mean, I think that I think the, the, the point is, is that one of the most important things we have is working people, whether we're in the military or not. One of the most important things for working people is to have the sense that their work has meaning and it's appreciated. Is it, is, does it have worth? I, is anybody taking notice? I mean, I think that if people are in a position where they feel like, I think that if people are put in a position where they feel like no one's really noticing their hard work or that it's not necessarily appreciated or whatever, that's when you get people who are doing the bare minimum to just get by and avoid getting their ass chewed and, they can just leave at the end of the day and be like, okay, whatever, I'm out of here. They don't feel like they're part of something. And that's where leadership comes in. I mean, that's the uh, guy, you know, guy I work with Ryan, my, my brother-in-law's son, um, you know, he's a former Marine. <clears throat> he gets it. And he was talking about this meme where it was, and I'm sure you've probably seen it on Facebook before, but that meme that's, the stick figures and the, the, the block of stone. And there's the one, the one drawing of all the people pulling the stone. And there's the guy sitting on top of the rock and they're all pulling it. And he's yelling at them and it says boss. And the one next to it is the stick figures all pulling the stone and the guy in the front of them, who's the first one to be pulling the stone. He's the leader. Like, there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader, you know? Uh, so, I, like I say, I just, it, it's interesting how things, how things work sort of on the outside as, as opposed to, it, it definitely gives you an appreciation for, you see the little things that we do as uh, military people and why we do those things. Yeah, and it's perspective. It is. It totally is. I mean, there's a reason why you do that hail, hail and farewell. I mean, because you're constantly trying to engender a sense of cohesion, you know, this sense of belonging, that you're part of something that's bigger than you. Um, and when you feel that way, when you feel like people are depending on you and that you're part of this thing that's more important than just yourself, then there's a greater tendency for you to go the extra mile to get things done. And to make that extra effort, I mean, and who, you know, who benefits from that? Everyone benefits from that. I mean, yep. from, from the guy at the top, all the way to the guy at the bottom. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting, interesting perspective, but uh, it's new music Monday on new a music Tuesday. Monday on a Tuesday. I know. Uh, what do you got? So, I went down the uh, the path of rediscovering uh, old older music that I hadn't listened to in a while. And seriously, like, uh, you know, this person, well, this group, uh, I've listened to all the time in the 90s. And then they went off, they went off uh, and did their own thing. And, uh, you know, but Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
it, dude, like, we get into these, like, I mean, I was, like, I said before, like, Huey Lewis in the news, like, we just jam out, you know, and it's like, holy crap, all the hits. Hootie right. and the Blowfist, man, they, you know, they had their, like, very, like, they owned the 90s. Like, they were one oh, of the bands absolutely. that owned the 90s. They were huge. Dude, I mean, and even having, like, songs uh on the soundtrack of friends you know ally mcbeal you remember that fucking show oh yeah yeah uh must see tv yeah but but yeah man like you can just go when you have a band and it's this main i mean it's not popular to everyone but for you like you personally where you can just listen and like every song the first 10 songs hit 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 that are those sing-along songs. Right. I think that's that's what they were, or the random, like, everybody knows the harmony. Oh, I want to be with you. Like, that part, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, dude, I mean, I mean, that's a hook. They, yeah. had, a, they had a great ability to write an, an awesome hook. I mean, whether, whether, like you say, whether or not you really enjoyed them or were a fan... They wrote the kind of music that would just get stuck in your brain. Just let her cry. Yep, exactly. You know, yep. like, and then you yeah. look at this dude's freaking career now. Well, and then he just crossed over. You know yeah. what I mean? Seamlessly. I mean, out of nowhere, Darius Rucker is all of a sudden this country artist and writing songs that are all over the place. Yeah, and he's he's always been a song, even when they Hootie and the Blowfish were you know, defunct. Um, right. Then he's, he'd always written songs for people and got song credits, but then, you know, I wonder what the, the, the impetus was to like, Hey, I'm going to go back to singing and I'm just going to try my, my, you know, spot, uh, and country music. Which... Yeah. I don't know. That is, a, that's an interesting question. I, I wonder what sort of, and I'm sure there's probably an interview out there that would answer this, but I mean, really but... what was sort of the driving force there? And even, you know, I, I even kind of, I don't, I, I have friends in the industry and it, it's kind of like, it's new country. Oh, like of that's, I think that's the terminology that they, it, oh, it's new country. Right. That's new country. You know, sometimes people call it bro country. Yeah. You know? Sure. Um, but I've heard consistently it'd be called new country. So, but yeah, man, it, it's totally, uh, like. Even the music videos, you know, um, back then too. It's just it it frames a, a huge thing in my mind of like, yep, that's the nineties. Well, you totally know something. Nineties. Are oh, you talking about the the Hootie and the Blowfish videos? Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. They were they were they they were a big thing right around the same time as the, like the Spin Doctors. Spin, yeah, that's you took. The, yep, Spin Doctors. And yeah, that, I mean, dude, that story, but you know that, that the lead singer of the Spin Doctors, I can't think of his name right now, and, and John Popper were roommates, and they had a band together. And oh, then, really? And then that splintered into the Spin Doctors and Blues Traveler. Oh, but okay. Splintered, not in a bad way, and then they would just do shows together and like, hey, you guys are going to you know, open this time. And then they had this one song that they would play and like if it was blues traveler playing first then they would go into it and they would switch instruments like oh, okay. as the songs going and seamlessly go into the spin doctor song or vice versa 
Right. That's yeah, pretty man. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's neat. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's 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 funny though with the whole new country thing because it's uh I know I've talked about this before on the show, but it's like that whole song uh small town throwdown. You know the song I'm talking about? No. This is a few years ago. There was some some new country hit pop because it's pop music. It's not country music. <laughs> and it was it was called Small Town Throwdown. I think the lyrics were something like Small Town Throwdown. Uh what was it? Something up, put your tailgate down. Uh small town throwdown. It sounds like a big and rich tune. Well, I don't I don't know what it was, but it was when you saw the video, uh if you didn't know if you turned the sound off and you just watched the video, you would swear that you were watching like a Motley Crue video. <laughs> it was like all these like scantily clad sexy women and dudes with tattoos and mohawks and whatever and I was like I'm watching this video and I'm thinking to myself like all these years I've been wondering where the hair bends went to die. And now I know. Now I know where all the dudes that were writing all that hairband crap for those fucking guys years ago, now they're writing country music in well, Nashville. And and the guitarists and basses that used to play for that and now they're the studio yes, or the tour the guys. Studio. Exactly. For they're the, the hired guns. Yep. They're the hired guns for these country bands now. Awesome documentary, by the way. I know it is. And if if you're and anybody out there that's a big fan of, of you know, rock and roll country, whatever, it doesn't even matter. Check out the, the documentary Hired Guns because it is worth the watch. It is incredibly interesting. It should uh, be starring Liberty DeVito because it mostly focuses on him. And I think he well, got screwed over the most, but. Oh, he did. But, uh, but, it, but it's interesting how you have a guy, and this is just an example of one of the guys in the film, who uh, in one breath is playing guitar for. Um, God, her name escapes me now. Alanis Morissette? No. Blonde. No, blonde country artist. Taylor Swift. Oh. In one breath is playing guitar on a Taylor Swift tour, and then the next breath is playing guitar for Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Think about that. One day you're playing with Taylor Swift, and the next day you're playing with Five Finger Death Punch. But, you know, that's how you got to be if you want to be one of those dudes that hangs out in what uh, Alice Cooper refers to as the A-Corral. If you want to be yes, in the A-Corral. Yeah, I know. He's in the documentary talking about that. Like, these are the people that, like, like these are the guys in the A-Corral. They're the number one guys you go to because they can play anything. So, my new music Monday. My new music Monday, Mr. Bungle. I know you've listened to this band before. I've had you listen to them before. And anybody who out anybody listening to the show, holla if you're a freaking fan of Mr. Bungle. Uh they are actually getting ready to re-release their nineteen eighty six demo, Wrath of the Easter Bunny. Next month in September or actually this month. Shoot, it's September first already. Oh my god, what is going on? Summer's gone. <laughs> Aren't they from like? I'm trying to think where the fuck. I know. 
Mr. Bungle. It's, they, it's, I, it's, I, it's like, it's, it's like they definitely have, they're probably like an offshoot of like fucking Frank Zappa. No, nah, well, maybe, but, uh, you know, Mike Patton, the lead singer for Faith, for, for, uh, Mr. Bungle was also the lead singer and, for Faith No More. And Scott Ian's in it, right? Now he is. Uh, there have been a, a whole litany of, of, of players that have been. That's how in I the remember you lineups. talked about it because we talked about this on, about when we were talking about, um, yes. Stormtroopers of Death. Yes. Because, well, because they had, they had released, uh, that was a, a, one of those Zoom sort of recordings that they had done on Facebook. That's right. That they had released and they were doing uh, the song that originally was Speak English or Die, and they, which was off of Stormtroopers of Death. They changed the lyrics. Mike Patton changed the lyrics to, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, speak Spanish. What do you, how do you say that in Spanish? Esta Espanol, uh, el muerto, muerta. Is that what of it is? Death? That's death. Right. It was speak Spanish or die. Okay. So I don't know how you'd say that in Spanish. Um, but anyway, uh, the whole point being that that came about because last winter, uh, Mr. Bungle had announced that they were going to do a limited number of shows. They were going to do a limited number of shows, a couple in New York, a couple in LA and a couple in San Francisco. And they had reached out to Scott Ian from Anthrax and had asked him if he would come out and play at these shows, which of course he was blown away. Like, absolutely. Cause he's a huge Mr. Bungle fan. Uh, the funny thing is, is that the guys in Mr. Bungle, the original members of, of Mr. Bungle's, in, including Mike Patton from Faith No More, uh, they had been huge fans of Slayer and Anthrax back in the day when they released their first original demo, which was Wrath of the Easter Bunny. So they just, la- I think it was last week, two weeks ago, they released the first single because they're redoing their original demo and releasing it. Uh, the first single that they released off of it is ra- is uh, Raping Your Mind. And it, it is intense. It is intense. It is, it's going back to the, like, when you go back to that original demo with Mr. Bungle, it is, it's thrash metal. It's really, really intense metal. When And now they don't, now they don't just have Scott Ian playing guitar on this. But now they have Dave Lombardo, the original drummer from Slayer, playing with the band. And it is, it is monstrous, dude. It is monstrous. I actually have, I found a video of them actually doing a show. I think it was in New York City where they played the entire first demo from top to bottom. And it's just some dude filming them playing in this, in this club. And it's just incredible. If, if, if you're, if you're, Mr. Bungle is an interesting band because they draw from all these various styles. Right. Yeah. And they, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like you say, like Frank Zappa, I draw that connection purely because the guys who play in the band traditionally, as far as the band is concerned in, in albums past, could play any style with equal levity. One minute the band is playing mainstream jazz, and in the next second, all of a sudden, they're transitioning to death metal. 
with no hang up either way. Uh, so it just is, it, it, and the songs that they write are not necessarily what we think of as traditional rock and roll tunes in that they be like intro verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. You know, it, the songs are not like that. The songs are almost like musical train of thought. It's ideas drawn from all these various stylistic backgrounds. I mean, it's, if you're if you've never listened to Mr. Bungle for the folks who are listening to the program, uh, I highly highly recommend it. It's it's I really dig it, and I'm super excited to hear this demo, uh, this this redone demo that's coming out this month. It is going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, the fact that they've pulled into the fold Scott Ian from Anthrax and Dave Lombardo Dave Lombardo from Slayer. These are these two guys are potentially on the Mount Rushmore of thrash metal. I mean, founding guys. They're both from both members of the the big four, as you know, as they're referred to. The big four bands of of thrash metal being Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Um, and with the vocal stylings of a guy like Mike Patton, he is an absolutely unsurpassed vocalist. It's just incredible what he's able to do with his voice. So I'll share the link, though. Uh, I'll share the link on uh, on the page. It's very, very cool stuff. So, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. So, uh, But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for the folks who are out there listening to the program. Hope you enjoyed it today. Uh, sorry we were a day late, but, you know, life happens. Uh, and, uh, obviously we'll be, uh, we'll be back on Thursday with what did you watch on YouTube? Yes. And, uh, we'll have some very interesting things. We'll share some stuff on the page and, uh, hope that, uh, the little man there, he's been, a, he's been a champ dude. I know, show. right? I know he's done a great job. You should, you know, congratulations to him. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that figure. All right. There, there you go. All right. So, Hey, for the folks out there, tell your family, tell your friends. And uh, you'll be hearing from us on Thursday. Later.